How's it going, everyone? This is uh, When a Nerd Starts Over. Again, and, um, well, thank you for listening if you are listening. This is a solo um, episode. So these are usually just my experiences of what it's like to be a father, trying to figure it out. Um, and I know the first time I mentioned uh, Father's Day and how it was, I was a little depressed about it, uh, but there was something that, you know, cheered me up as we went on, and I, I mentioned what I would see, what I see passing down to my own daughter, and it made me think a bit about just the whole, like, origin of, like, Father's Day, and how that actually came about, um, so I did some research, which is rare. I usually just go off like whatever, and um, I thought I'd share a couple of things on like the idea of Father's Day um, and where it came from, which is you know actually pretty interesting. Um, that idea of, of Father's Day came from two women. Um, one was a lady by the name of Grace Golden Clayton of West Virginia. She suggested Father's Day to her pastor in 1908 as a, a way to honor fathers. But this other woman, who is much more widely recognized as the creator of Father's Day, uh, was a lady by the name of Sonora Dodd of Spokane, 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 I don't know, Washington. Um, now, she and her five siblings were raised by a single father, in a time when that was largely uncommon, and that was in 1910. So I think that, I mean, now if we look now at the stats of, like, how many single fathers are doing it right now, um, I mean, it's a lot more prevalent now. Divorces, you know, like I said, it's 50% chance that marriages are going to end in divorce. So you're going to have a lot more single parents out there. Um, but 1910, it wasn't like that. So she suggested that, Finally, in 1913, a bill in Congress specified the third Sunday in June as Father's Day. And the whole idea really didn't catch on. It was on and off. But re- really helped it um, catch fire was the tie industry. And what's more stereotypical of a gift to give a father than, than a tie? Um, I thought that was actually kind of interesting. Um, and... The thing that was interesting also was just like there's this. And let me tell you the website actually. The website that I'm getting this from um, is let's see here is uh, vox.com and it's an article that they actually published um, on June 16th, 2017. So. Um, one thing that was interesting also, and this is just for people who are just like straight like grammar nerds, and I consider myself to be a grammar nerd. Like I so I seriously I get irritated when like I get text messages or even like emails that have like run on sentences or the grammar's incorrect. I'm sorry if you listen to this and you have received text messages from me or whatever, but. I actually really do critique, like, text messages and emails. I'm always like, yeah, it's a run-on sentence. Yeah, that sentence can use a comma here or there. 
Uh, they misspelled that. Uh, I know. I'm a jerk. I'm sorry. But you know what? I'm an English major too, okay? So, I mean, I'm looking to teach English as a career. So, you know, I should be like that, right? If I'm going to be the one who's teaching your kids how to have proper grammar, I mean, shouldn't you want a guy like me to be able to teach your kids that, right? So, um, but yeah, so I always see people spell Father's Day differently. Okay, so you have father, apostrophe S, and then the word day, or father's apostrophe day. Okay, so um, when you have the apostrophe before the S, as in father, apostrophe S, day, that day belongs to each individual father, right? But if the apostrophe fell after the S, the meaning slightly changes, and that would be a holiday blind to all the fathers as a collective. So, if you're going to celebrate with your father, then it is your father's day. You're taking your father out for whatever, celebrating lunch, dinner. It is his day. It is your father's day. But when you put the apostrophe after the S, it's a collective group, all the fathers celebrating the same day so that's the reason right so if you spell it with the posh before the s it's like a way to celebrate the greatness of your own particular father so it's like a lot more special this your father's being singled out as opposed to like the posh after the s where it's everybody's father all right it's enough of that grammar english stuff but that's just like man english is one of my passions right so I had to bring that up. Um, of course, if you compare it, and I'm looking at all these stats, all these things I'm telling you are from Vox.com. I read it and I thought it was interesting. I'm just sharing it with you. I want to give them credit for what I read in there. Of course, you know, Mother's Day, of course, compared to Father's Day, is a lot bigger, of course. And I and understandably so. Um, <clears throat> now, it also did stay in there. That there are 1.9 million single fathers with kids under 18 in 2015 versus 9.9 million single mothers. Um, <clears throat> I'm one of those stats. And sorry if my voice is kind of low for this one. Um, I'm, you know, it's late. I'm tired, but I feel that if I don't, if I have all these things in my head that I want to say about these specific specific episodes I have to do them like right then and there because I'm going to forget what to say the next time I want to do it it's not going to have the same emotion so this is like these ones are totally like not even planned you know um but I never saw myself to be a single father and I've mentioned that before in other episodes that I've had on different podcasts that you know, I didn't expect to do this by myself, and I was scared to, scared to do it by myself. Um, one case in point I had to deal with today um, was my daughter ha- had this thing that she was going to do today with a bunch of, a few of her really close friends, um, which is, I mean, Venus's kids, okay. And Venus is my girlfriend right now. Um, so it's her kids, so they're going to swim, and I reminded my daughter 
through text message, babe, please make sure that you don't forget your bathing suit because you're going to be swimming. Okay, don't forget that. I told her that through text message. I told her that in person, like, a day before that. And, um, I expected her to remember. The thing is, my daughter, she forgets stuff. I, anyway, I really don't know if she really forgets stuff or if she's just, like, not really paying attention to what I'm saying. Because if I do remember, I mean, can, I mean, if you look at that age, when you're, like, nine years old, eight, I mean, are you really paying attention to what your parents are saying? Probably not, right? So, I can't get, I can't fault her for that. But, so I told her, and then I text messaged her, and I thought that, you know, when you text message someone, you would understand it more, because then there's a record of it, because you would look back at it, and you could see, and, re- and you can be reminded of it. Um, so I text messaged her, and I said, don't forget your bathing suit. If you want to swim, you got to do it. And, finally, she's on her way to my place to be dropped off at my, where I live. And she text messaged me, sorry, dad, I forgot my bathing suit. And so I'm like thinking, oh my gosh, I just reminded you like how many days in a row I text messaged you yesterday to bring it and that you still forgot. And it was like, you know, I mean, okay, this could be a lesson. It could be a lesson where it's like I could be totally like, you know what, you forgot your your bathing suit. You're going to have to go to this like little get-together and you're just going to have to watch your friends swim and you're not going to get to be able to swim because you forgot. I told you, I reminded you, and you still forgot. Um, and the first like five minutes, that's what I thought. Like, you know, there has to be some type of consequence when you forget stuff like that. Especially since I told you over and over and over again. But then I like felt bad, you know, because I'm like, you know, I mean, she loves to swim. It's like one of her favorite things to do. And... I had to, you know, and then I was like, okay, fine, you know, I'm just going to go and buy a bathing suit. I mean, that's what I have to do, you know, I mean, I'm not going to let her, because I I started a picture in my head what it would look like when they show up to the house, friends going to be all like jumping in the pool, having fun and everything like that, and then it's just going to be her standing there, just like in the hot, 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 because it's crazy hot right now, and I'm going to feel like so terrible if I did that, you know. So I was like, I, I can't do that, you know? But I do notice that I do that all the time. Where it's like, oh, you know, because she'll do that, like, at school, school project. She won't tell me about a school project. She'll say, Dad, this is due tomorrow. I need to buy this, this, and this. I'm like, how can we, when did you get assigned this? She'll say, like, a week ago. I'm like, why didn't you tell me a week ago so I can prepare for it and help you with it? And then, you know, she just drops that on, 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 you know, on me, so... I just can't say no. I can't say no. I, I just don't have that ability, you know. Um, which is, you know, I mean, we're always, you know, as parents, sometimes we have to put our foot down. We have to find where we need to be like, blur the line between friend and parent, you know. Like, I'm not, I don't know how to discipline my kid. I don't know how to do that. I don't. You know, I mean, I don't know, I, I just can't. I don't have it, the heart to be able to be like, you know, you're, you know, you know, 
there was one time when I really had to discipline her with like grounding her, you know, from playing video games. But I'm sure I'll get into that story long, you know, some other time. But I just overall, I just, I just can't. I'm not. I mean, my father, when he disciplined me, it was terrible. It was, you know, it was physical. You know, abuse. It was verbal abuse. It was emotional abuse. And I always vowed that I would never do that to like my own child. So it's like, I just don't, I don't, I don't ever, you know, get mad at her. You know, I, I, I consider myself to be very patient. So I'm not going to be the one to be, you know, I don't yell. I'm not a yeller. I don't. So it's like, how do I somehow put my point across that this is not okay? So that's my struggle, and I know I'm going to have to learn how to do that um, to be able to, you know, be able to tell her right and wrong and not be, you know, like, I guess, gosh, I mean, it's just confusing, I guess, honestly. But it's like, I just don't know how to do it. I don't know how to say no. I don't know how to ever be mad. Um, I I just don't. and I'm okay with that. That's just something I'm going to have to deal with. I'm, 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 if you know me in person, I'm a very, like, happy-go-lucky person. And, you know, I, I, am, I have a very, like, you know, happy disposition. I'm not, like, you know, so. But, so, I thought, okay, fine. I got to get a bathing suit. That's what I have to do. So, we go and to store to get this bathing suit and man just shopping for girls clothes is crazy difficult okay like i don't i mean i my clothes barely match i mean my i don't my socks don't even match i don't care you mean that that's me but i mean for her she's gonna care so I always get clothes that look cool, but they don't necessarily go together. And I just hope that maybe eventually she'll go through her closet and be like, hey, that matches with that. But that never really happens. I'm not really good. I like it. I guess I kind of shop for her clothes. Like if you shop at like Ikea, you know, when you go to Ikea and they have the whole setup, like the couch that goes with the lamp and it goes with these things and this like coffee table and you're like I'm gonna buy this whole thing because it all goes together that's what I look for in clothes too I'll look for outfits that are already together they're already sold together the shirt is on a mannequin with this pair of jeans that looks good I'm gonna buy that so it's like I'm gonna buy that set because I already know that it looks good someone made that choice for me already so I'm gonna go with that so I know it's sad but I I can't just get one individual item like I'm gonna buy that shirt I'm gonna buy that pants and then hopefully something shorty has will go with that I'm not good at that so not only that I don't have experience with any of that but now I had to go and shop for a bathing suit yeah I don't know how to do this like you know, I'm like looking at the sizes and they're so confusing. You know, I mean, when I shop for clothes, I mean, there's normal sizes, small, medium, large, extra large. 
if I'm looking for a shirt, I can see my shirt and be like, that's a size medium, that's me. I can look at the pants and be like, that's a size 32, that's me. I can fit that. But girl sizes and I guess women's sizes in, in general are, are crazy. They're like, I don't understand. So I look at her and I say, you know, baby, um, what, 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 what size are you? And she just kind of throws some random number up there and she's like six. I'm like six in a bathing suit. You're six in a bathing suit. She's like, yes. And I'm like, I was kind of small, you know? And she's like, no, that's, I'm six in a bathing suit. You know, first of all, I'm trusting her to know the size. I mean, she could have been guessing her shoe size and I don't know. So she goes to the fitting room and I can hear her from the, you know, I'm waiting in the very front, just sitting in one of those random chairs where, you know, people wait and I can hear her and she like yells my name out. Not my name out. She says, Dad. She yells out, Dad, from the back of the, the fitting room area. And she says, Dad, it doesn't fit. This is just, it's so small. And I'm like, well, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll have to find another one. So we go back and we try another one. That doesn't fit. And I'm like, what is this? What does this six stand for? You know, what is it? Does that mean you're, you're I don't know. So finally we find it. And she's like a size, like, freaking 10 so we're like way off she's a size 10 and you know what we were but i mean it, it sounds so easy now but we were literally walking in the same bathing suit area for like 45 minutes and just analyzing different types of like, well, am I, are we supposed to shop here are we in the right section should we shop in the in the women's section because you're kind of tall and i kept asking all these random workers like I don't know what size she is. I just, I mean, she's tall. Like, where's, like, the tall section? There's no such thing as a tall section, you know? So, I mean, we went back and forth from the girls' section to the women's section. and It was just, it was crazy. And it, it, that was just a reminder that I have a lot to learn. I mean, that's a small problem when it comes to, you know... I mean, one, if you see my clothing, my stuff never matches. Um, you're going to put me in charge of trying to find clothes that my daughter's going to like. And then even if she doesn't like it, if she can even fit it. I mean, I mean, I feel bad, you know. You know, like how you have during Christmas that one relative who gives you like you. They're just known to give you ugly clothes for for Christmas like it's just a given like that's gonna be me but I'm like her father you know I mean I have to learn how to do that you know I mean it's not not you know like at Christmas it could be a random aunt giving you a furry bunny shirt or you know corduroy pants that are like hot pink or something and you're like I know they're gonna give me a terrible Christmas gift that's okay because that's once a year but I'm going to be that guy every single day. Like, where it's like, oh, I think this looks good on my daughter. Oh, it doesn't even fit. Imagine the amounts of trips I have to go back to these stores with my receipt 
to change sizes. I, I just see myself doing that all the time. You know, I, I don't know. I, but that it's, it's crazy. You know, like I, I mean, what happens when we deal with bigger problems, you know, like love for that matter, you know, um, the other day I ran into, I was at work and I saw a guy, a boy that was in my daughter's class and and I looked at him and he was like, and last time I saw him, I mean, mean, it's obvious he grew a lot taller and I remember this particular boy because one time doing my daughter's laundry um, and she had this folded piece of paper in her pocket and I looked at it and it was like this it just said one sentence is it true that you like me and then there was a little box for yes and then a box for no and then on the bottom it said meet me at recess next to the grass and that was the boy that that letter was written to and I looked at him and I was like man I mean we know we're out of school but am I going to have a problem with you this upcoming school year I mean because I'm going to that's going to happen love is going to happen yes it's only fourth grade but I bet you can look and remember crushes that you had in elementary school. I mean, I can look back at crushes I had um, in elementary school all the way back to like when I was in first grade. There was a girl that I had a crush on in first grade. I remember her name. Her name was Carrie. And and then I had another crush on another girl named Natalie that I think like a week after I, I'm not sure what happened with Carrie I do remember Carrie got mad at me for some reason during recess and she hit me with her lunch pail or something like that and she stopped liking me and then there's another girl named Natalie and it's just so vivid to me like I remember her writing letters and drawing like things like teddy bears and saying like I like you and the two teddy bears are like you know waving at each other, I guess I was a bear, she was a bear, and we're like waving, I don't know where where the, the idea came from, and I would write it, I would make another drawing, I would draw one too, and it'd be a rocket flying through the space, through space, and it'd be like, you're out of sight, dude, that's so stupid, right, that's so stupid when I think about it, but that's gonna happen, I remember that, like, like it was yesterday, that's going to happen to her. I mean, that's what's happening already. I mean, she's giving notes to, to, to boys and saying, is it true that you like me? Meet me at the grass or area recess. I'm going to have to deal with love. How am I going to explain love? I mean, we, we, we didn't I don't know what love was at that time. We thought we knew what love was. You know, in junior high, we knew that. And if I look at it, junior high is not too far away. She's fourth grade now. That's three years from now. I remember some of the times I got heartbroken when I was like in seventh grade. I mean, you're you're a teenager. You're you're experiencing your first kiss, and you're you know 
things like that, like, I mean, how am I going to deal with that? I don't know how I'm going to be able to explain love, you know? I remember me getting my heart broken in seventh grade and my mother telling me, you know, it's not love, Dan. It's not love. Don't get attached to a girl because it's not love. And I remember being so mad at her, thinking that, how dare you crush my dreams of love you know, in seventh grade, you know? But I'm going to have to be that guy. And, oh man, it, it scares the hell out of me, you know? I'm clueless when it comes to, like, love. I mean, you know? Um, and to be able to have to explain more of that, what love is to her, especially in my situation, has a single father trying to figure things out himself. Um, you know, because love's going to come up. Divorce is going to come up. You know, and I'm going to have to explain, well, you, what is love? How do you know what love is, Dad, when you couldn't even make it work when you were married? And I have to explain why there wasn't love there. I have to explain all those kind of things. Um, it's, 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 I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a bit overwhelming. I mean, just now, I mean, I've been saying like what, I've been on my own for not even a year and I've had so many life changes in that small period of time. And like now, I'm, I had to move um, from where I was living because the person who I was living with was getting engaged. And so it just made sense that I had to leave. Um, but then again, it wasn't because they were getting engaged. They just wanted to be alone. And I, it was actually a really confusing situation. But that's what I'm going to think. That's what I think it is mostly, that she was engaged and she was like, you need to move out, you know, uh, my fiancé or whatever he is does not want another man to be living in the house, which makes a lot of sense. I totally understand that. I should not be there. But she told me, like, you got to move out a certain amount of time. I found a different place to live, and that's where I'm living now. And the thing I worried about was the stability I was going to have when it came to my daughter because she just got used to this place. She got used to little things like, you know, um, where to get her food when she wants to get food, um, where her clothes are within the room, um, where to put her shoes, like little things like that. She got used to that place. And then now we have to move again. And having to go to, you know, go to a new place and then have to learn it and be comfortable all again. And that whole process of trying to find a place and not only thinking about if it's okay for me, but especially if, is it, if it's okay for her. Will she feel comfortable there? Is it safe for her there? I mean, it, 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 that's what scared me, you know, um, like when I was first told I had to move, 
I was extremely like um, focused on finding a new place. You know, I, I went on Craigslist, was emailing all these different people, and I had to put that in the actual email. Like, hey, is this place available? Um, I'm a single father, and I'll have my daughter like three days out of the week. Is that okay? Um, and a lot of people, they didn't respond very nicely to that. Like, oh, the room's only for one person, and, you know, or stuff like that, or they wouldn't even respond at all. And I never had to deal with that type of thing before, so that's something new that I had to deal with. Um, and on some of the places that did say that, oh, no, it's okay, just check out the place, I actually brought my daughter to, to look at the place, because I wanted her to get an idea for what she be comfortable with and there's this one particular place that I was crazy I looked at Craigslist and it said something like the rent's $400 can re you can reduce the rent if you do yard work and work with the animals and I thought I gotta see this place like um, I'm so curious now, like, what, work with animals, like, what does that mean? So, I brought my daughter there, and it was, like, this really old house, probably, like, they said it was a Victorian house, and it was, like, built in the early 1900s, probably even before the, what we learned earlier, Father's Day was actually, like, invented, and, um, and it just looked like, the house looked like it was, like, from a scary movie. Like, the movie The Conjuring, if you've ever seen that. It was, like, so old. Everywhere I stepped was, like, it would creak. Everything was wood. Weird doors were, like, locked and, like, boarded up. And then they were, like, it was just weird. And, like, the person who had showed me the house, she had, like, this face that was, like, this look on her face. Like, I don't know, like there were parts of the house that she didn't want to show or something. It was just, I had this really weird vibe. My daughter was with me the whole time, and I can tell that she was like, oh my God, this is not a good place. So we go up the stairs, and she's like, this, is, this would be your room. And I started to notice that the house had a lot of, like, bunny rabbits, like, everywhere. I mean, not, I saw some in the front yard, which I thought was, okay, that's kind of interesting. They're not in cages. They're just kind of, like, hopping around, okay. But there were bunny rabbits within the house, like, just hanging out, like, in the hallways and, like, in the kitchen. I thought that was kind of weird. And then I got to the room that she was showing me, and there were, like, there was, like, a bunny rabbit on the actual bed that I would be sleeping on, and I looked at the lady, and I was like, is, is that normal, that, that right, that bunny, is that normal, and she looked at me, and she's like, oh, no, yeah, that's, that's a normal bunny, totally, totally healthy, nothing, no, no bad effects, or totally healthy bunny, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm not worried about the, the health of the bunny, I'm like, is that normal that the bunny would be on the bed where I'm sleeping, I'm just wondering that, am I gonna have to worry about bunnies, jumping on the bed while I'm sleeping on the bed. I mean, I'm I'm just wondering about that. And it, it was just this weird, like, bunny rabbit-owned house or something. And so she's explaining, like, okay, well, if you can also get your rent reduced, if you do 16 hours of, like, yard work, and then you 
And then if you wash eight of the ten dogs, there's ten dogs in that house. I'd have to wash eight of them. I'm not sure why the number is eight and not ten. Like, is there a reason why the other two dogs cannot be washed? I mean, I'm not sure why. Uh, It was just only 80% of dogs deserve a wash. The other two, I don't know. But I thought that was weird. So I get cheaper rent if I do 16 hours of yard work and then wash 80% of the dogs, which was weird. And then she showed me where the kitchen was. You had to go through the basement. Through the basement, the laundry room, and then the kitchen was right there. And the bathroom was attached to... There was a bathroom attached to the kitchen. And... Um, the bathroom had no door. The bathroom had no door in the kitchen. So I could be literally cooking something and someone could be taking a dump right there in the kitchen. And like, be stand, would be facing me. The person taking a dump would be facing me as I'm cooking. I don't know. I guess, I don't know who designed this house. Maybe they meant not to have a door there. Um, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, it, it was not going to work out. So my daughter was completely freaked out about the whole experience. We get in the car and she's like, Dad, I, I, I really don't want to live there. And I'm like, don't worry, baby. I don't think anyone wants to live there. We're not going to stay there. And luckily, I mean, after all that big story, that long story, I do have a place to live, and I'm very happy here. I think I'm a lot more comfortable here. Um, but yeah. So in this particular episode, you learn some stuff about Father's Day. I learned some stuff about Father's Day. Um, so again, this is a side project of a different podcast, which is No Ordinary Nerd. That's the main podcast. And we recently just did a an episode on Father's, um, in honor of Father's Day, which I thought was very interesting. You know, we in that episode, we actually compare two iconic TV fathers, and they were Homer Simpson and Danny Tanner from Full House. And we, were, we had to ask ourselves if we, our fathers compared to those two fathers. And if you watch... Full House, like I did when I was a kid. I never knew that I would share that many characteristics with Danny Tanner. And from the corny jokes to trying to multitask things and remember and be an adult, you know, because I I really don't consider myself to really be an adult because I don't act like one, you know. But... Um, I did share one on the pod, that podcast, uh, one huge similarity, and that was a similarity of Danny Tanner asking his friends for help. Danny Tanner asked his uncle Joey, his friend Uncle Joey, and, and this guy named Jesse to help him, to move in with him, and to help raise these three daughters, because he was a single father, and... I do the same because I can't do it on my own, you know, 
um, the other people that I've on the podcast and already nerd that I've gone to like I've grown to like just love to death. Um, they've had I've had asked them to help me out, and they have like no questions asked. I've Callie who was on one of my episodes. I mean she's babysat my kid, and she's taken her to school numerous times. Um, Danielle's done the same thing. Even Danielle's mother has helped watch my daughter and then bring her to school. And sometimes my daughter goes to my podcast with me, with that podcast with me. And so that's like part of her routine. And I can't do it with them, you know. So I know this is not, well, three weeks ago was Father's Day. But I felt the need to discuss it now, I guess. And I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Nori Nerd. Uh, not Nori Nerd. <laughs> See? <laughs> we get so used to saying certain things from a different podcast. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of When a Nerd Starts Over. If you um, have any comments or anything like that, any suggestions, or would love to be on, if you'd like to be on this show, you can contact me at whenanerdstartsover at gmail.com. Um, you can follow me at Twitter at RainDelay2. That's at Rain, R-A-I-N, underscore, Delay, D-E-L-A-Y, 2. Um, and, uh, yeah. You can find this podcast anywhere on iTunes and everything in between, so... Again, I want to thank you for listening. Um, this week, we will be also talking to a good friend um, of mine who will talk about how he fell in love and with his fiance and that whole process. So uh, I know that we've talked about in the past about marriage and how some people don't believe it anymore. I had two straight episodes of that. Now we're going to go into love. Right, let's talk a little about love. So I'm excited to talk about it. You know, because like I've, like I said, I'm a romantic. I've, I've been called a serial monogamist, and I just believe in romance. Even going through what I had to go through, so I'm excited to hear his story. So um, stay tuned. All right, have a good one. This is when a nurse starts over. Oh.